1: Good afternoon. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood is right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern. After that, a minimum mandatory 18-hour day with unpaid overtime is a guarantee. Where sexual assault is so commonplace... You get to sign a waiver promising not to sue before you even start your new job. Warning, side effects include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in fescue, alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia and or obesity, depending on your role and or job title, hallucinations, loss of integrity, loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails, After trying to claw your way to the top, excessive chapping of lips, after kissing everyone's ass, and an all-round I-don't-give-a-damn attitude. If you have any of these side effects, contact your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood really gives a damn about your problems. Hollywood, shut up and take it.
2: And again, we're just here to help.
1: I love it. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolan, and we had a mm-hmm. really heavy show for you today. So we thought we would uh, start off with a bit of a joke. Uh, Alexis wrote this up, my assistant. for those that don't minute. know, my, uh... wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait a minute. That was a
1: that was a joke. It's not I... really a joke. That's
2: the no, it's not. One. I, 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 I want to like... put. Th- I want. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to put this as a permanent disclaimer. 'Cause that uh-huh. is the most no bullshit way I've ever heard that I've ever heard that laid out. <laughs> like, ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. I've right. spent a lot because of money can, on therapy the and the answer's people, no. Because
2: they are, they were they're the only people who give a shit and that's because they you pay them. You yeah.
3: Know,
1: so. well, uh. It's sort of like having an assistant. Alexis is my friend, <laughs> I just have to pay her to spend time with me. I pay her to spend time with me, travel with me, and talk to me. So I think a therapist is the same thing. It's a friend you pay for.
2: (laughs) Not to mention she occasionally throws things at you. Not that you don't occasionally deserve it. I just, I'd rather not, I'm not a violent person.
1: I I gotta say, I'm doing it wrong though. Because when I was an assistant, my boss would throw things at people. If I ever threw anything at him, he would have shoved that so far down my throat, it would have hit my ankles.
2: Right, right, right. But you <laughs> have this thing called a soul. So I you don't, don't. Don't
3: tell people that. Shh, Jesus. going to ruin know. my reputation, they know. Paul.
2: They know. They know. You've done the show too long. Okay? They know. They oh, know. It's
1: gee, well, they can't find... And no one listening to the show is allowed to tell anyone.
2: Jeez. Okay, um, that's good. Okay. All of our, <laughs> our listeners out there, uh, you know, try not to let it loose that maybe at her heart she might might be a, a decent human being.
3: At her heart, <laughs> you guys win.
1: <laughs> Alexa, shut up. <laughs> shh, <laughs> shh, shh, don't tell. You're going to get me in trouble. I'm going to get fired. No, it's, it's true, though. I, do, I can say my badass bitch terrifying assistant... We're so afraid of my boss. God rest his soul. I know he's looking up at us right now, loving that we're talking about him. Somewhere deep in hell, saving me a spot.
2: Uh, I was going to say, you had effect. a specific direction on which way he was looking, so okay, fair yes, enough. Yes, he's
1: definitely looking up. He's down there with a lot of uh, the old boys I used to work for. I love him to death. Alexis was so afraid of him. When he would call, she wouldn't answer the phone. She'd run from one end of wherever we were, to me, with the phone, without answering it, screaming, oh, my God,
2: it's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> different Paul. Different In Paul. my defense, different different Paul. Just, you different hear Paul hear every Paul. single
1: word from whatever end I just ran from.
2: Yeah, Different it's Paul, true. people. Hear different it. Paul.
1: <laughs> different Paul. But you could, you could hear him. She could. She could hear him screaming at me. She could be on the other end of the building, on the other end of the mm-hmm. on the other end of my house. You could still hear yeah,
2: him from screaming. From I understand, that you could his... hear him screaming, and you haven't even picked up yet.
1: Yes, that was his talk volume. That was his talk volume. That's the volume he spoke at. (laughs) But there's a specific volume that everyone uses on set because you're Uh, talking over a lot of people. You've got to quiet everyone down. ADs have it, directors have it, producers have it. It's loud booming
2: voice. I've ADed way too much. Much.
1: Yeah. uh, I've I've heard you quiet everyone down, Paul. I know how loud you are. (laughs) You know. I've heard you, loud and deep.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got but the I, bass thing going for me, so, I mean, I try to, I try to make it in, like, very, very, uh, you know, as nice a way of saying it, you know, you know, but, you know.
1: I have um, heard you say, shut up. You yelled, well, the first film I worked with you on, you told sh- everyone to shut up, we're rolling. Well yeah.
2: But you know, I mean we had what? Seven girls in bikinis, about ten guys there who were only interested in talking to the girls in bikinis, a psychotic <laughs> midget and Seymour butts. So yeah. It's literally it was a trial by fire. And this was not porn, people. Porn would have been an upgrade. All
3: right. So. I, I have to I have to agree with
1: that. It was it was a pretty terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun and I met you, so something good came out of it. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I have some lifelong friends that I've uh I've made a, that I've had out of that. And I, I think one of the girls is playing uh flappers, either she sooner or last weekend, but little Randy Rivas, so a little plug for her. Good for her. Or, or she was a little goth chick on that shoot.
1: I actually remember her. I didn't remember her name, but I know which girl you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I've done so many things at this point in time, in front of and behind the camera, and voiceover and distro and production and producing an EP that it's everything's become like this clusterfuck in my brain.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm, curr- I'm currently well bonding an image of B. Arthur to an AR fifteen, so you know, things things <laughs> yeah, are just I, weird, you know things just can be weird.
1: It's true. I'd like to remind everyone. Every time we use bad language on this show, we donate uh, money uh, to the Boys uh, and Girls uh, Club uh, of America, uh, free uh, MMA, uh, which is shit. free self-defense Palmer, and martial arts for everyone, and the Humane Society of America.
2: Lubberkump, Lubberkump, and it's matched by
1: Voice America. <laughs> so I do want to say thank you to Voice America. It's, and Alexis an laughing ass, in the background is the one that has a, to count a, this every a, week. Shit. She gets we so go. mad at Paul. <laughs> Although he will never beat Sean Patrick Flanery, the star of the Boon Saints,
2: he managed I'm to on it. it
1: seventy-six times in one episode, and he did it naturally.
2: Right, right, right. I have to kind of force like, it. It was completely organic. While you're doing this, but, it was just uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. I have no idea how he did that. Though so I do want to say um, I've been getting a lot of write-ins from children that want to be in entertainment. And when I say children, I mean children. So for all of you children writing in, don't listen to this show. If you're ten years old, don't listen oh, to this show. We are not I a say good influence on you. Lot. No,
2: no, 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 no.
1: And nine year olds and ten year old. If they want to be to in it. entertainment and they're listening to the show, I think we should have their parents give us a call.
2: Immediately. If they
1: want to be in entertainment and their parents are letting them listen to the show, I want to take a writing crop to their parents.
2: Nine-year-old need to the hear show.
1: the word fuck. Even, <coughs> even if it's for charity, they don't need to hear it. Yeah, um, there's that. So I'll send you
2: pictures of the PR at or fifteen later. All right.
1: So to all of the irresponsible parents letting your children listen to our show, please remember this is an eighteen and over show. Um, and if we can't convince you on normal weeks not to have them listen in. This week we are going to be talking about rape. We are going to be talking about Me Too. We're going to be talking about sexual assault in Hollywood. Um, it's it's not really a great
2: yeah, uh, week I, I for them the to listen the praise, in. Serious trigger warnings for today's show, guys. So heavy yeah, subjects. Um. Heavy heavy subjects coming your way. So
1: really heavy. We're going to talk about, you know, I, we're going to be talking a little bit. I was sexually assaulted by a fan. I was sexually assaulted by a director. Like, it's happened a lot. Um, and we're going to be talking to other people that this has happened to outside of the industry and inside. So, um, I know it, it's just not appropriate ever for younger listeners, but certainly not today. And mm. for you guys that have been through sexual assault, please... Feel free, write in. We'll take your questions on Twitter. Always happy to, um, but assume if someone's been in entertainment, they have a Me Too story in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I hell, translate. I even got
2: my ass grabbed by an actor on a top t- on a uh, top TV franchise. so you know what? And, and there you go. I never felt threatened. So, that is a big difference, but yeah, it happens.
1: I. I was cornered in a bathroom by a fan, assaulted, and ended up in therapy for a year and uh, um, black and blue from head to toe. So, and that's yeah. one of my milder stories. You know. You're not so,
2: almost 6'2 and 300 pounds, but that's, that's where I stand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm 5'8, so.
1: I'm and at that time I was like 105 pounds wet, I, like soaking now, granted, wet.
2: Granted, so, granted, the guy was maybe, I think he's like 6'5, six, 6-something six or something like that that but, mm-hmm. you know he's a tall guy but you know he only weighs maybe 102 pounds but you know there you go uh, i hope that wasn't it, enough of a a, <laughs> a, a clue because i don't want to get the it, guy in trouble i thought it was funny right so i know
1: uh, i i get it but there are a lot of people that don't and
2: in hollywood mm-hmm. i think
1: we get desensitized to it a lot yeah. um you know alexis it is, got it is always a case-by-case case
2: basis and if you do something like that you run the risk of them becoming offended you know so
1: it it goes both directions alexis Uh actually got a complaint um a complaint a sexual harassment complaint because she turned someone down on the flip (laughs) side she got cornered real i I had to deal with it we had to deal with the legal it was a big deal
2: every time that's happened that's all i do all right Uh, but hell the fox news chick she just got uh nailed for uh unsolicited, she, she she likes to share her dick pics around her office and then Terry Crews was in front of uh, Congress. You know, talking it's, about it's, how, what it's happened It's pretty
1: rampant and I think we're pretty desensitized, which is why I wanted to bring people in from outside of Hollywood. When Alexis got cornered in a hotel room, I sent her to get a contract signed. She was yeah. more upset that the contract didn't get signed than she was assaulted. I was pissed she was assaulted. Is ruined that the because man's she thought you were going to
2: send her back?
1: <laughs> no, she was just upset she didn't get the contract signed. So I you know, literally I went in after the guy <laughs> crying because I didn't get the contract signed.
2: Because you were afraid that someone might send you back?
1: No, I was scared yeah. that okay, she was going to fire me. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. Okay, instead, I had in the, the guy's business shut down. Like I wasn't. I wasn't fucking around. Like <laughs> it, it was not okay. Uh, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Wendy Newman, host of 121 First Dates, uh, which right now we are in talks with HBO to get that turned into a series. So I'm really excited there. I can't give away a whole bunch of information, but phenomenal book. If you get a chance, to read it. And to, as well on the show today, um, in about 15 minutes, we're going to have Chandler Alexis She's 21 years old, she's a lifestyle and entertainment YouTuber, and she's got a whole bunch to say. I'm Summer Helene, we are on with my co-host, host host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolan. This is Behind the Scenes. Seriously guys, it's really heavy subject matter this week. Heads up, we'll be back.
2: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com can you truly be a change agent in your community we think you can
0: on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
1: G'day, good guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Wendy Newman. Wendy, welcome back to the show.
3: Thank you. Hi, Summer. One of my
1: favorite people, too. Hi. Thank you. Um, So I wanted to bring you on for this show because a big part of what you were talking about was dating. And there have been a lot of stories in the media. The Me Too movement has been going. The Time's Up movement has been going. That's lost momentum. But there are a lot more stories now coming out about date rape, campus rape, people being put in uncomfortable positions. And you're a dating expert. You've also had good and bad experiences in it. So I thought you would be a phenomenal person to have on the show to talk about this from a perspective that isn't completely fucking warped. I mean, Paul and I, Alexis, we we've been doing this a really long time. So our view is really I mean, our our compass does not point true north. Um, yes. I hate to say that. Yeah, but that's,
2: we we, that's we, what we lost our moral compass a long time ago.
3: Oh. Yeah,
1: so oh my. we think that having an expert would be a, a better way to approach this. Um, so we got less hate mail, hopefully none, in fact. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this. Today. You wrote a phenomenal book. It was called 121 First Dates. It's in the process right now of being turned into a television series. Uh, Andy Dix actually come on, and I know he's having some problems right now. Ironically, the person Sorry. that they're saying he me, he me too um, was in on the joke, which was Pam Anderson, and she's defending him, and it's turned into a whole thing. Um, but I know he's involved. Uh, you've got Devros on as a writer who, you know, she was the first female star writer. You've got really incredible people that have come on for this, um, and negotiating with Murphy as well to come in and do some music and a cameo, and everyone's kind of dragging their friends in because they love, they love the story. Um, And we've talked about it a lot on this show, the, the good side of it and the funny side, but I know there's a dark side that comes with it, too. So could you tell us a little bit about, one, about you and your experience with dating and, two, the dark side that comes with that?
3: Yeah, thank you. My 121 first dates happened between the ages of 35 and 45, so I had a decade of dating. And thankfully, I wasn't 15 Or 19, because I think there would have been a lot more situations. So I didn't actually, during that period of my time, have any date rape experiences. Now, younger, sure. But as that later older adult where I had more facility to go, oh, no, (laughs) this is not going to happen. It did make a difference. And I believe that any person has the right to ask for anything no matter how outrageous it is. But once they hear that no, never again. Don't ask ever again. Don't pressure me about it. Don't bring it up again. I said no clearly. We're done talking about it. What do you think of that? I like that.
1: Um, What about the point where people don't hear no? That happens a lot in the dating world, unfortunately, and it happens a lot in Hollywood. And I hate saying, you know, take self-defense classes or avoid it, because I think that is some horse shit,
3: and that's putting it on the person. Yeah, um, and I think that you and I talked on the show right after the Weinstein thing broke, and I, you were the one who told me about it. And at the time, I was saying, yeah, I mean, how, what woman have you ever met that hasn't fucked her way out of a room, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is part of what we do just to survive, to get out of the uncomfortable situation or the date, whether we feel like our life is threatened, or if, if we don't just go along, it will become threatened. So there's this whole piece that I think men are now starting to get educated on how scary they can be to us. And it, what, are, what are the next steps for us to feel even more emboldened and empowered besides a self, uh, uh, self-defense class, right? Because part of it is conditioning, but part of it is our internal instincts, Saying just just go with this, just do nothing. You gotta survive this, and so we'll freeze. Well, that's it. There's the people say there's the flight and fight, but there's also, fault. People freeze. Um, Well, there's one more that we don't talk about. There's there's flight, fright, and there's freeze, but there's even one more, and you'll see this the most in dating. Mm -hmm. Follow. I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to follow along. So, yeah. so are you freezing? I, I or don't are you, following.
1: Right? Yeah. I know a are lot you of a freezer or followers. Um, summer. I I was a freezer. I was a freezer. Yeah. I um had some. I think I have Alexis. Alexis, are you still online? I am. I think I have forty-seven active restraining orders right now. No, we're at 48 <gasps> now. We're at 48 now. Has, yeah. Lexus has one against someone. I have 48 active restraining orders.
2: Jesus, mother um, of God. All right.
1: This is, well, they, they last quite a long time. And so yeah, some you, of these go back from when I was modeling, and one of them is from last year.
2: I yeah. weep for my and, side of the gender. All right, Okay.
1: But not just men. I don't just have them against men, and my, my you know, I have not just been assaulted by men. Um, mm. Most everyone has that that's come, you know, towards me has been someone that's come towards me because of my profession. It hasn't really been because of my dating life. Um, because Hollywood's fucked up, but I, I freak. I panic, you know, I've seen a guy grab a Lexus and him I cross across the pub. But when it's me, I freeze. So I'll I'll beat a guy's ass over a Lexus, but when it's me, I freeze. And I've had a lot of girls uh, that go into auditions will come talk to me later on or they've written into this show and say I went into this audition and I didn't know what to do and I was scared so I just went along with it. I understand what you mean by follow. I hear that from a lot of girls. It's easier to go along with it. I don't want to get hurt. I'm I'm just going to do this because I want to get out.
3: Well, and the bad part in in your business is it's business. So if I don't go along with it, I won't get this part, or I'll never work for such-and-such agency again. Or in Alexis's case... Summer's going to fire me. <laughs> Summer so, did not know. fire
1: her. Summer ruined the no. man's business <laughs> and life. But no, I, and that's it. It was that she had a legitimate fear. I do know people in her job and in my job that have been fired because deals got lost because uh, someone wouldn't do something. So it does happen. Yeah. Um, not much anymore, in your case, sense, apparently that is some bullshit I, I gotta say that I wanna move back onto what you were saying about people going with it cause I think that is more pertinent and Hollywood is a very it's a very very small microcosm of, of people I think there are 100,000 people altogether together that work consistently in Hollywood at any given time it's a very and that's a very 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 small group um yeah. so everyone does know everyone and if I don't know someone, Paul may. And if Paul doesn't know them, someone he knows knows them.
3: Mm. And
1: if he doesn't know them, I probably know them. It's, it's really very small. The biggest concern is you can say Me Too and Time's Up and all of this shit. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't changed. They've gone after the big guys, but they haven't gone after the dangerous guys. Not one fucking A-lister is on that list. Bill Cosby mm. past his prime. Not one fucking money maker's on that list. And I can tell you, I got knocked the fuck out. Paul knows the story, Lexi the story, I think I'll do the story, by an A-lister. And he's someone I knew in my personal life. He was just so drunk, he didn't recognize me. And the next time he saw me, he didn't remember the incident. But he gave me a big-ass black eye for not hooking up with him. And he was an A-lister. If you're not yeah. seeing A-listers on that list, they're not cleaning house.
3: That's right. my
1: little two cents there. Mm. Now,
3: when you yeah, say... That's a really good point, um, Pardon? That's uh, a really good point. We
1: haven't seen any. Yeah. I mean, the biggest one you had was Louis C.K. You really yeah, aren't going yeah. after the big names. You're not going after...
2: You try to go after anyone. i say Spacey is probably the biggest name on that list so far.
1: You're right. Yeah. i that so back Spacey yeah. would be the biggest name. But he was still not an A, you know, he's, he's maybe a bottom A-lister, high B-lister.
2: Yeah, that last movie where he played a talking cat was just, you know, we get actually for it you know. I yeah, say.
1: things have gone downhill. It's not like we're talking yeah. about space in the 80s. Yeah.
2: Although Christopher now, Walken was when, amazing in that movie. But, yeah.
1: Christopher Walken's amazing in everything. Um, when, do you, when you say follow, what, what exactly do you mean by that?
3: That means I don't know how to get out of the state gracefully. I don't want to be here anymore. He's coming on really strong. So because he is attracted to me, I feel pressure. So what it feels like, we we say it to our girlfriend. He pressured me, but and it yeah. is the pressure that he's exerting. But it's also our own internal pressure. You know, our our inner critic, our internal animal is kind of going nuts starting to fig- trying to figure out what to do to not be displeasing to not be you know to not become activate him into being threatening towards us right so that scared that what am i going to do about this how do i leave this state gracefully shit i can't okay so looks like i'm going to just cave to the pressure that i'm feeling both internally and externally because I can't figure out a a faster way. And if he has any status of any kind, we're doubly screwed, because we're more likely to have something unlovely happen and go back. I have a girlfriend of mine who had something really unpleasant happen to her with a date rape scenario, and she ended up going back and sleeping with him again and again because of who he was in the circle of friends and the status that he held. And that just, you know, was being re-victimized to herself on purpose, right? So so not only does she have all this embarrassment and shame and blame towards him, but she has blame and shame towards herself. But she couldn't... It it seems like, oh, well, that would be a sick person. No, this is the pressure. This is the internal pressure that animal can cause on us, and it just wreaks havoc in really unlovely ways.
1: Well, it's the same reason women go back in abusive relationships. Once There's a part of you that once it breaks, it's very, very easy. It's similar to Paul and I saying, you know, our compass doesn't point true north. We've just been here too long. There's a point where something breaks that normal isn't normal anymore.
3: I, I do want to say one more thing, which is when something really bad happens that we never wanted to have happen, right? Something bad happens. And then the minute we're safe, and away from the situation, like the next day or whatever. That's when our inner critic shows up and plays Monday morning, yeah. what is that, Monday morning, morning quarterbacking, replaying yeah. all the whole evening and how you could have done it better, should have kicked him in the nuts, should have run, should have never, right? never taken that ride, never taken that date, whatever, right? So we replay how we could have done it better. But if, you're, if you've ever, so on top of the already shitty thing that you never wanted to have happen, That's where shame and embarrassment comes from, is that inner critic from the next day or the next several hours. And what women need to understand, or any victim, or any person that has something really shitty happen to them, what we all need to understand is we were acting on instinct of freeze or follow. And you couldn't have done it better. You couldn't have had a victory of human spirit and rose above Animal instinct, because animal always comes first. Animal tries to keep us alive on the planet, and you know what? You're here today listening to this. Yay! You did it. You won. You had you won. So we can't wish we had a victory of spirit over what animal did, because animal saved us. Yeah, that's my right. I, I can't agree with. I I can't agree. I agree with you. I.
1: One of the worst ones, I know we have to go to break and then we are going to film with Chandler Alexis and I really want to hear what she has to say and I'm looking forward to hearing you two chat, actually, Wendy. But um, one of the things, the worst ones for me, I had a a guy that had told me, you know, God had told him that he and I were supposed to be together. He'd been following stuff I did all the way back to when I was doing stuff with Paul. Like, really, I mean, I was like 16 at that point. Um, he said God was supposed to be together. And when he got, his, he got a hold of me, one of the things he did, he knew I was dating someone. Um, I have a thing like nerd boys, but the nerd boys I tend to date are like a couple of the raiders, um, <laughs> musicians, fighters, boxers, whatever. Like they're not wussy guys. But the guy grabbed a hold of my hair because he knew the other guy was close by and told me to scream to my boyfriend at the time. And he beat the shit out of me. And I stayed quiet the entire time because I was so scared. Call my boyfriend um, at the time over. And he was a fighter. Like, he would have killed this guy. But <laughs> I was still scared. There's still that part of you that's like, I want to protect this person. Or I can make this go away. Or I'm so fucking scared. I'm just going to freeze. So I, I get what you're saying. My critique. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? My boyfriend could have pulled his head off. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I'm trying to protect myself, the boyfriend, everything, and that critique comes in, and you're just calling yourself names, and you have to get to a point where
3: you're like, you know what?
1: I'm alive. That's
3: my win. Yeah. Um, you did exactly what you were supposed to do freeze or follow. That's instinct. Freeze. Yep.
1: I, I, I tend to like punch a, a lot and eventually break. freeze. Mm. Yeah. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Chandler Alexis, and we're going to be talking a whole lot about sexual assault. She's a lifestyle and entertainment YouTuber. She started when she was 15 years old. She's Hispanic and black, born in L.A., but raised in San Diego. She just moved back to Los Angeles. She's on YouTube. She's got her own blog. You can find her at Chandler Alexis on everything, so I'm giving you her social media, so in case we get caught up talking, you can have it. When we come back, we're going to be chatting with her. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bowen, and my very good friend, somebody I admire very, very much, Wendy Newman, uh, author of 121 First Dates. We'll be right back after this.
0: What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhaleen.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes.
1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. We always run over. We always run late. So I want to say really quickly... Um, My co-host, host host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. If you want to find him, you can find him on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Facebook. YouTube, Twitter,
2: Twitter. and of course, yeah, um, Facebook and the YouTube channel.
1: It's The Militant Moderate. I will put that up. Uh, Wendy Newman, author of 121 First Dates. You can find her on Wendy with the best social media handle.
3: Oh, sorry, me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's wendyspeaks.com or Facebook is Wendy Newman. Perfect. We've got to get the Twitter because that's where everyone catches us song.
1: We've got to get oh, right. Twitter. Oh right, people do the Twitter um, now. Wendy Newman. Mm. Okay, Wendy Newman. Go find her. She's phenomenal to talk to. Amazing book, 121 First Dates. I would like to welcome to the show uh, Chandler Alexis. She's a lifestyle blogger. I, think I told you guys all of this. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Hello. So uh,
3: welcome. I know you. Or I, I know. I'm <laughs>
1: Now, I know you've been listening in a little bit. You had a huge following to the videos you had up about sexual assault. You had a follow-up going on um, about it, and it got really, really popular. Uh, can you tell us? Because I really think that kind of goes with, when, with some of what Wendy was saying earlier. I know it's a lot to share, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but could you give us a little, a little about your video, and then I'm going to ask a little about yourself.
4: Yeah, so um, basically, you know, I started YouTube on my own, but when I started college, because I started in high school, so when I was 15, and then when I went to college, I was 18, and my like within the first two months of me being in college, I met a guy we started dating and he was my first like serious relationship outside of high school. I would consider it a really like a real relationship because I wasn't young anymore. I was, you know, I was an adult now. Um, I was living on my own and, um, yeah, we, I mean, we kind of jumped into things really quickly and he was also the guy that I lost my virginity to. Um, and you know things started off great with us you know we were in that honeymoon stage of our relationship but I think it was one of those relationships where he wasn't really noticed before we started dating but then once we started dating we became like the power couple at school and with that being said we also started doing we like we both had YouTube channels so we started doing videos together and our videos started growing and we became a power couple on the internet as well. And so that led to a lot of girls at our school being interested in him all of a sudden, you know, because he'd known these kids for a while. He went to a college near his house, but I had moved out to the city that he lived in. So, you know, it was, I guess, new to him that all these girls are suddenly interested in him. And from that, like, we, you know, we were in a relationship and within, like, two months, of us dating um he started cheating on me and it was one of those things where I was like so I don't I feel like back then I would say I was in love but now I've kind of realized that you know I don't think what I was in was love I think I was in lust with this guy it was my first serious relationship and I didn't want to lose him and I've gone to like a lot of therapy after this relationship and you know, I, I learned from my therapist that it mainly had to do with probably having, like, daddy issues because my biological dad wasn't always in my life. So having a man that I could finally, you know, that I had feelings for and that was in my life, I didn't want to lose him. So even though he cheated on me, even though he would talk down to me, even though he was very disrespectful to me, I still stayed with him. And so things, he had, like, a anger problem. He had anger management and, you know, our fights would start off with us yelling at each other and then it would lead to him grabbing me and throwing me or, um, pushing me and, you know, just being very physical with me. And I, I didn't want, I don't want to say I saw it as something normal, but I didn't know
1: any difference, if that makes any sense. Like I was used to it. So... Eventually, um, when someone does that, the behavior does normalize. So that is a re- that's yeah. a very reasonable way of putting it. Yeah. So it
4: was very it was very normal to me. It was just like to me, the. It was his way of dealing with his anger. And I think what kind of normalized it for me, though, is because, you know, if I saw someone do that to someone else, I would think, wow, why are you even talking to that person? But for me, I think the issue was that he would do these things and then immediately apologize for them. It would take, you know two minutes later, and he would turn around and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know why I did that. Like, it was, you know, I was just angry. It was the moment, you know, I care about you. You know, I love you. You know, I want to be with you. Like, just forgive me, forgive me. You know, he would, would, it would even go to the extent of him crying in my lap and, you know, asking for forgiveness. So I think those things just became very normal to me. So this went on and on for two years. We were in an on and off relationship for two years because of the you know, constant cheating. He's cheated. He cheated on me about three to four times. And I can't even remember for sure the exact number, because that's how many times, you know, like how many times I was done wrong. And it was like, he cheated on me multiple times with the same person, but like there was three to four people that he cheated on me with, if that makes sense. So he could have cheated on me like 10 10 times for all I know, you know, but the people that I know he did it with, was like three to four people. And so, um, throughout those two years, you know, we would break up because I would tell him, like, I don't want to be with you, you know, um, you cheated on me, and, he, and then it would just be, like, I'm sorry, like, I won't ever do it again, like, give me another chance, and I'd go back to him, the or
1: he break would break up, up with get me, together, and, draw you back in. yeah,
4: exactly, that or he sense. would break up with me and say that I'm too nosy in his business when it comes to him and his girl, like, friends, and, you know, now to this day, I'm just, like, I think, why would I ever want to stick with someone who I don't trust? But like I said, I was so in lust with this guy that, you know, it, t- it got to a point where I was so dependent on him that without him, I felt like I was nothing. I felt like I had no purpose. And, you know, I've grown from that. I've realized you can't put your happiness into a person because without them, that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel like you're nothing. But, um, you know, for those two years, you know, I kept going, Back to that relationship, and the way that our relationship ended up ending finally was one night um, you know the the physical abuse got to a point where I, he almost killed me um, I remember he was like choking me on the ground and I couldn't breathe, and I just remember thinking like it was one of those moments where I didn't even I wasn't even in that moment. It was like an out of body experience if if that makes any sense. I was kind of just I remember thinking in my head, like, God, please don't let me die like this. Like I'm not ready. You know, I I don't I don't wanna be here. If like if I live through this I will never see this person again, I will stay away from him. Like my um because Throughout these two years I was with him, my parents did not approve of him at all. The moment my mom met him, she did not like him. And then my mom was one of those, uh, was one of the people who knew about things that happened with us, but she never knew, like, the full details. She never knew, you know, about the physical violence. She only knew about the abuse of words and the way he would put me down and stuff like that
1: and the cheating. So she always, you know, told me to stay away from him. Experiences like that really experiences like that really change your moral compass. Uh, That was something Wendy and I and Paul were talking about before you came on. It changes the way you allow people to treat you and what you think is and isn't okay.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, something... I knew that my mom knew what was really going on, like the the depth of what my relationship was. You know, there's no way she would have let me stay with him. And that's why I was always kind of scared to let my mom even know that we were in an argument or, you know, as many times as we broke up, my mom probably only knew we broke up like twice, like, you know, and we broke up maybe, you know, once every week or once every two weeks. It was like so on and off. Um, but I was so, I, I honestly believed at one point that this would be the guy that I would marry, that this would be the guy that I spent the rest of my life with, that I had kids with. And so to protect him, I didn't want my parents to disapprove of him. You know, I, they already kind of disliked him. I didn't want to make it worse where they knew like the things that were going on in our relationship to where, you know, they would want nothing to do with him. Um, but that night, um, things are really, really bad. And I ended up calling my mom. And this is like, this is something in where I had to realize, like, I need to take a step back and reevaluate my life and my morals and my self worth. Um, After that event happened, um, where I thought that I was going to die. I ended up calling my mom and I let her know the details of what happened, you know, um, like the physical abuse and everything. And she said to me, you need to call the police right now. She was on the phone with me. I'm crying. I'm bawling my eyes out, and I'm just telling her like, come get me, come get me. And she's like, no, you need to get off the phone with me. You shouldn't even be on the phone with me right now. Call the police right now. And I said to her, Mom, I can't. Like, you know, I can't. I couldn't even explain to her why I couldn't. I just kept saying, I can't, I can't. And she was like, Chandler, if you don't call the police, I will. And I was like, don't do that. Like, just don't call them. I don't want, I don't want them involved. Like, I can't do that. And it was because, you know, I was so trapped into this relationship and so manipulated by him that I, even when he did the worst thing that he could possibly do to hurt me, I still could not return the favor and, you know, end up putting him behind bars or having any kind of consequences for his actions because I was so, you know, wrapped around his finger. And so I think well, that, you, that, that night, though, go ahead. Did you ever press charges against him? Um, so we ended up pressing charges against each other. And um, the whole case got dropped. It was just something, there was not enough proof for either side. Um, so they had to drop the entire case. And from there on, though, I did put a restraining order against him. Um, and he ended up moving states, so... You know, I'm okay now, and, I, you know, it's, I'm 21 now. This happened when I was 19, I think 20,
1: 20. We don't have a whole lot of time, so I kind of want to jump through some questions, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Um, how did this change your perspective on dating? What happened after this? with such a big change to your moral compass?
4: You know what? Um, I feel like a lot of women that probably go through the situation that I would do would probably have a harder time dating, but it actually made my dating life a lot easier because I knew that I never wanted to go back to that place. It was a very dark place in my life. So, I mean, I guess I would say it kind of makes my dating life a little bit harder because I judge really quickly. Like, if a guy raises his voice at me when we're arguing, I instantly cut that guy off. I'm like, nope, you're not the one, because I know that raising your voice can lead to you hitting walls, and then hitting walls could turn into you hitting me. So, with that, I just if any guy is too disrespectful when we're arguing, I'm over it. I'm done. If I can feel like a guy is being sneaky or, you know, he's not telling the full truth, I'm done. I, I leave that. Because I think that if any guy truly cares about you and wants to be with you, then they'll only want to be with you. They won't be with you while they have sides, with someone like, else. choices on the side. Exactly.
1: Now, Wendy, I'd, I'd love to draw you back into this conversation because I think a lot of what goes into abuse is the same thing that goes into sexual assault. Um... You're a relationship expert. What, what do you think for people walking into abusive situations or situations of sexual
3: assault, what would you suggest people do? What are the big red flags? Well, the big thing to do is, is to notice your spidey sense the hair on the back of your neck, the gut of this isn't right, because, well, our instincts are built to save us, right? So we'll get that gut reaction or that hair standing up. This isn't right. We'll get scared, right? But then the minute that happens, boom, the other part of our instinct kicks in and the little voice in your head says says something like, don't be judgy. Don't let him know you're judging him. And Chandler said it really well. Like, you don't want to get anybody in trouble. Let's not make it. I I can take care of this. You said that too, Summer. I can handle this for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So we're in the midst of trying to handle it for everybody, and we're overriding our initial gut response or our hair on the back of our neck. So my big big, uh, 411 to everybody is be judgy as fuck. Be judgy. Don't care (laughs) if they're judging you. And if you can in that moment, stand your ground. And if you can't, then don't beat yourself up if you end up following or freezing. And I do want to say something very quick at the other end of this, because I know I'm older than probably everyone in in the room, right? (laughs) And so as an (laughs) older (laughs) woman, I just want to point out that Chandler said something really genius, and I want her to stay the course, which is, you know, I, I might be judging him too fast, but the minute he raises his voice, I'm out and as a woman who uh, speaking for myself as a woman who's older i actually never ever have anyone yell at me i mean maybe a crazy person on the street but short of the crazy guy that's pushing the shopping cart on the street nobody yells at me nobody comes at me i have no drama in my life you know why there's it, there's just no space for it so and that starts with what chandler said yep i see it i'm out and energetically, you're just telling the universe, I don't tolerate this bullshit. This is not happening in my world. And if it is, they're seeing my back. I like that. That's all. So I think, Chandler, you kind of landed on exactly
1: the right way to handle that. That's really cool. And <laughs> thank you. growing <laughs> from that is a very, very difficult thing. You know, we've been on yeah, here talking I mean- about... Pardon? Go ahead.
4: Uh, I was going to say, I mean, it, it's taken me a few years to get here, but, um, you know, time heals everything. And I think it was a learning process for me. You know, there's still some things that trigger me every now and then, but I'm a very strong person. I'm a very, you know, my parents raised me to be very strong-willed and determined. And so, you know, there's nothing in this world that can hold me back from Becoming the person that I'm meant to be, so you know I just like to look at the things in my life as obstacles, and you know that was a really big obstacle compared to the ones I usually go through, but it's made me the person I am today. So you
3: I know, gotta I'm proud say of that's
4: myself. a
1: wonderful thing. I, you should be. At you know I'm I'm thirty one, 33, but I don't like to say that. So I'm thirty, and <laughs> I don't listen to that voice that says this is bad. Because in my job, that kind of gets trained out of you. I know Paul knows that as well. You get to the point where you're yeah. dealing with so many schmucks that you just kind of, you've got to get, you get tone deaf to it. And I know at my age, I don't have that down. I'm impressed that you do. I'm impressed that Wendy does. I'm not surprised Wendy does. She wrote a phenomenal book about dating. For anyone that wants it, it's called 121 21 First Dates. Go get it. It's very, very good. Um, but at 21, that's a hell of an achievement. I think at 21, I was walking around in my underwear modeling. No, I was in the system 21. But, you know, it, it was, I, I just, I never ever got there. And so that's a really good thing. It's a really good Thank thing you. to get there. What I'm going to ask you, we only have about two minutes left. I'm going to ask Wendy, and then I'm going to ask you. Um, Wendy, what advice would you give to women that end up in that situation where they follow or they freeze or they panic, essentially? And then I'm going to ask Chandler the same question.
3: Forgive yourself and report it.
1: Forgive yourself and report it.
3: Yeah, and the great thing is, is after, you know, post me too, things are actually happening from reports instead of just, oh, now, now, darling, don't be silly. What were you wearing? That stopped, hopefully.
2: Yes. create a paper trail, people.
1: Yeah. good advice. Chandler, what about you? What advice, especially to the young girls out there that are in the same position as you? I know we have a lot of you know girls and guys that listen in the show that are in their early 20s. What would you say to them?
4: Um,
1: I would honestly say,
4: um, you know, I actually have a friend who's going through something like this. Her name's Madison. And, um, you know, I gave her this advice. I think that, for one, definitely reach out to someone because someone else needs to know about this. If you don't, if you don't tell anyone about this, you know, if no one's ever going to know, it's going to be in the dark. Definitely reach out to someone that you trust, that you can talk to. And I would say, you know, because I think I went through that, you know, I went through that relationship. And I think for a lot of people, when you're in it, you feel like you're in love with this person. You can't leave them. So I would say, because, you know, at the end of the day, no one's gonna make you do anything that you don't wanna do. If you wanna stay in that relationship that you know, it's gonna take you having to tell yourself that you wanna leave before you can leave. No one's gonna be able to, you know, convince you that what you're doing is wrong because you're so wrapped up in that person. So I would honestly say though, take time to yourself to find self love. Because when you find self love you realize that you also know your self worth and no one who would put you through that is worth your time. Your self-worth is more than that. Your self-worth is more than a man who is only using you, you know, for sex and only using you for entertainment. And anyone who will put their hands on you is not worth a spot in your life.
2: And speaking of self-worth, where can we find you? Because we need to bring the show to an end. We're running over.
4: She's on at handle Alexa and Instagram. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Instagram,
1: Twitter, at Chandler Alexis. Um, I know we've got Wendy on here. I'm going to put up everyone's social media because we came to the end of the show. Uh, Over the next month, we are really going to do a spotlight on sexual assault, sexual abuse, especially within the industry because, you know, it's gotten better on the face of it, but it really hasn't gotten better in the industry. The day you see an A-lister arrested for it is the day it's gotten better. I want to say a very special thank you to Wendy Newman, author of 121 First Dates. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to drag you on here again for your expertise. I'm just giving you a heads up. Not even asking, just thank giving you a heads up. Um, <laughs> Chandler Alexis, thank you so much for coming on. It's very, very rare to have that kind of insight at your age, and I am beyond impressed. Thank you so much. Thank you. And of course, my, ho- my co host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bowen. I'm Summer Helene. We will see you next week. This is Behind the Scenes. I promise it's going to be better next week, but we're still going to keep with the depressing shit. Good night.
0: Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.